Production. Recorded live. Hello, hello, everybody. Cassandra Vaughn here. Welcome to the first Take Action Tuesday from She Runs the Show. So I just want to go ahead. It's probably about 30 seconds to the top of the hour. But if you haven't already, please be sure that your phone is on mute. I'm not muting everybody on the call. And I would love to leave room at the Q&A portion of this call to answer questions and to do some rapid-fire coaching. So please be sure that you just check your phone and you make sure that you're on mute. We're going to go ahead and get started. It is now officially the top of the hour. I just want to say thank you for joining me for uh, Take Action Tuesday. So I, I want to spend, because this is our first Take Action Tuesday call, I want to spend a couple minutes just talking about um, what Take Action Tuesday is, where it came from, and the purpose of it moving forward. So for those of you who are new to me, again, Cassandra Vaughn, I am the creator of the She Runs the Show podcast, which is a podcast for women entrepreneurs. And the purpose of the podcast is the same as the purpose of these calls. It's to help women entrepreneurs have both relationships that rock and businesses that thrive. And, you know, we live in a time and an age where there are so many women entrepreneurs who are rocking their businesses. They are doing astronomically well on every single level you can imagine. But the more you talk to women entrepreneurs, the more you find that while our success levels have skyrocketed, some of the things that we struggle with in terms of work-life harmony, uh, maintaining solid relationships, building client relationships, um, having a sense of well-being and self-care and keeping that regimen consistently as we grow our business, that is still a struggle for so many of us. So I wanted to create a free monthly call that was going to be an opportunity for women entrepreneurs to come around, uh, I see it like a fireside, but to come around the table and to really talk about the issues that matter, to develop strategies around the things that we're still struggling with, and to really look at how we can take massive action and still have whole lives that are nurtured and nourishing and complete and harmonious. You know, I'm not a big believer in work-life balance. I think balance is a myth because the second you put a little bit more on one side than you do on the other, everything's out of balance. I don't think what we're looking for is balance. What we're looking for is harmony. And harmony simply means in certain seasons of our lives, we'll have a little more of this and a little less of that, and other seasons will be like 70-30 or 60-40, but it still will represent a whole life that is nourishing for us and to us. So that's really the heart of Take Action Tuesday. It's a time when we can come together and we can really work on a particular topic, strategize around it, and go for it. So uh, again, Cassandra Vaughn here. If you're not on mute, just be sure that you check your phone and that you put it on mute. We will do Q&A towards the end of the call. And again, for those of you who are brand new to my work, uh, you can always find me at CassandraVaughn.com, at SheRunsTheShow.com, and on Instagram at TheCassandraVaughn. All right, let's, let's, let's dive into um, Take Action Tuesday, very first. I always love to start with some kind of quote or message, something that gets us in the right mind frame for what we're going to talk about tonight. And, and so tonight's topic is six months left in 2016. What do you want to accomplish? Now, it's July. We've got six months left of the year, which is plenty of time to take massive action and make a lot of things happen in our businesses. The real question is, what do you want to accomplish? And so it's so funny because I was thinking about whether I wanted to do a quote from Marianne Williamson or Danielle Laporte or, or one of those other rock stars. And actually, I saw something on Instagram just a little while ago from Fitarella. Um, for those of you who don't follow her, she is a, a bodybuilder, but she's also either engaged to or married to by now Chris Brogan, who's a, a phenomenal online business owner in the in the space, and he teaches online business. So Fitarella, th that's her user on Instagram. This is what she posted. She posted a picture that says, it's never about how you start. It's always about how you finish. And then in the caption, she wrote, finish strong, give it everything you've got, and leave nothing on the table. And I thought that was the perfect way to start this call because that's really what the last six months in 2016 are all about. Regardless of, of what you've done or you've not done for the first six months of the year, I want you to really think as we talk on this call tonight about what are you going to do over the next six months from July to December 2016 to make sure that on December 31st, 
you can say to yourself, I gave it everything I had and I left nothing on the table. That's the thing. It's not about where or how you start. It's always about how you finish. And the thing that you want to be able to say to yourself on December 31st is, I gave it everything I had. I didn't leave anything on the table. I put whole mind into present action and I went into it, giving it everything that I've got. That's, that's the best for each and every one of us. And that will look differently from day to day and from time to time. So let's start to really talk about tonight's topic. I hope you had the chance to download both the worksheet and the goal pyramid sheet. Goal pyramid sheet is interesting. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. But I got that from Nathan Chan, who is the creator and CEO and at Founder Magazine, which is a magazine for a digital magazine for entrepreneurs. So what we're talking about today is really the fact that, you know, half of 2016 is done. It is finished. It is it's a wrap. And if you're like me, you're kind of at this point looking at your your the goals that you set in January and you're saying to yourself, where did the time go? You know, like where where did January to July go? Because it's gone. So one of the first things that you'll notice in the worksheet that I, that I um, wanted you to look at was to see when the year started, when January 2016 hit, what were your goals for the year, and to really jot down what those original goals were. And we're going to come talk about them when we get to the rapid-fire Q&A section. So I'm going to overview those, and then we'll dive into the material for the call. But really, I wanted you to think about what were your goals for 2016 and spend this next month really evaluating those. When January 1st hit, what did you want? Was it different from what you want right now? What were the goals that you wrote down? How often did you write those goals down? You know, writing goals down on a daily basis is a powerful way to set intention. It's a powerful way to keep ever in the forefront of your mind the goals that you've set for yourself for the year. So really think about what were my 2016 goals in January? Did I write them down consistently? Did I keep them in front of me consistently? And then I also want you to look at over the next month, which of those goals have you achieved and which haven't you achieved and why or why not? I think it's really important when you, when you ask the question, what did I achieve? What did I not achieve? Why or why not? To stay out of the blame, shame, guilt game. It is so easy to get caught up in this idea of, man, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. Man, I wish I, you know, I wish if I'd only worked harder, if I'd only done more, I could have. It's so easy to get caught up in that. And here's the reality. What I should have could is not going to help anybody. What's done is done. At this moment, when you ask yourself the question, which of the goals have you achieved, which haven't you achieved? The reason why I want you to look at that question over this next month is not because I want, I want you to kind of take blame or put on shame for what you couldn't do, wouldn't do, or didn't do. I want you to really look at, if the, I really want you to assess the goals that you set in January, were they really your goals, number one? Number two, were they really the things that you wanted to pursue? You know, sometimes we set up goals that are other people's dreams or other people's wants or wishes or what we think we can accomplish, but it's not necessarily what we want to accomplish. So when you ask yourself, well, what did I achieve? What did I not achieve? Why or why not? I really want you to look at the heart of those goals you set originally. Was your heart in it? Was your passion in it? Was that really something you wanted or something you thought you wanted? Did you set that goal because you wanted to create a safe goal? Or did you set that goal because it really felt like what you were called to be doing? Just evaluate the heart and the intention from which those January goals came from because that's going to give you more room to decide what to do next. And then the other question on the worksheet is, what are your fears about setting goals for the rest of 2016? I know I can tell you, one of my biggest fears when I set goals is always this. You know, what happens if I don't make it? That's typically the first thought that comes to mind when I set a really big goal. What happens if I don't get there? What happens if, you know, I, I put that goal, that dream out into existence, and for whatever reason, it doesn't take shape. It doesn't happen. It doesn't become what I set out. You know, like we're so big on not failing in public or not looking like failures or not feeling like failures that sometimes we set really safe goals which don't motivate us at all because we would rather 
accomplish mediocrity than fail at being exceptional. And so there's a lot of room to really think about over the next month as you go through July. What are some of the fears that you have about setting goals from this moment to the end of 2016, especially if you look at your January goals and you say, man, I really didn't accomplish hardly any of the ones that I set. I want you to evaluate the intention of them, the heart of them, but then I also want you to look at what fears does that bring up for you now that you're looking at being strategic and purposeful and intentional about what you want to do for the rest of 2016. And here's the other question, which comes from a really powerful a blog post from Danielle Laporte, have you called all of your power back to you? You know, this is a really important question. When we don't accomplish the goals that we set, and when that becomes a pattern in our lives, like not just for six months, not just for even a year, when you can look at a decade of your life or decades of your life and you can see a, a history or a pattern where you, you've set these big goals, you've, you've call these big dreams to you, you've told people all of these things you want to do and start in your business, and then none of them come true, it sets this precedent in your life of feeling like you can't win, of feeling like you're always two steps behind where you really want to be. And what starts to happen once you start to build that pattern after a while is you begin to give away your power, you begin to lose your power you begin to believe that you don't have the kind of power that you actually do have. So one of the most important questions you're going to ask before you even set up goals for the rest of 2016 is this. Have you called all of your power back to you? And this comes from a Danielle Laporte um, blog post, which is so powerful. If you haven't taken the time to read it, please do, because in the post, she really talks about this idea of, using an affirmation that says, I call all of my power back to me now. I am whole and complete. Literally saying, I call all of my power back to me now. I am whole and complete. When you're coming out of a, a pattern of, of talking about goals and dreams in your business and speaking about things you want to accomplish and, and giving it everything you've got but still not hitting those marks that you set so high for yourself, there is a loss of power that you want to be able to call back before you set up new goals for the rest of the year. So read Danielle Laporte's blog post and begin to say to yourself over and over again, as many times as you need to, I call all of my power back to me now. I am whole and complete. Because that's going to go a long way in building up your self-confidence. That's going to go a long way in building up your belief in yourself and your ability to accomplish these goals. Because the thing about setting any goal, if you're actually going to accomplish it, you have to begin by believing you can and you will before you ever know how you're going to do it. This is the thing that trips people up, especially if we're logical entrepreneurs and we, we look at the numbers and we, you know, we look at all the strategies and we look at how other people have done things. The how never comes before the belief that you can and you will. The belief that you can and you will always brings forth the how. So the thing you want to think about over and over again, no matter how much your mind wants to flip it to the how, flip it to the how, is that's not the issue. You will figure out the how if you believe that you can and you'll do it. But you will never figure out the how if there is a, a big sense of doubt in you that says, man, I don't think I can do this. I don't think that I can do this. Now listen, self-doubt is prevalent no matter how confident you are. Self-doubt is going to exist no matter what you do. But the level of self-doubt is very much in direct proportion to the extent to which you have faith in yourself, in the process, and in something greater than you that has called you to do the work that you're doing in your business. So really think about that. It's not about knowing the how. It's about do you believe that you can and you will figure it out? Because the moment you have absolute faith that you can and you will figure out how to get there, the hows begin to show up on their, on their own. The hows begin to show up. So again, just keep in mind, um, we're going to get to a Q&A section where we can kind of rapid fire coach around this. If you have questions, just check and be sure that your phone is on mute um, so, because I've got everybody off of mute and I don't have universal mute on at the moment. So be sure that you're on mute. But what we're talking about right now is six months in 2016. And the question that you want to ask yourself this month is, what do I want to accomplish? 
What do I want to accomplish? If you've got the worksheet in front of you, let's start to go through the content for today's Take Action Tuesday call. So here's the thing, and it's really interesting. If you haven't made the kind of progress on your goals for 2016 that you want to make, how you see that is everything. And what you want to do is you want to see it as a challenge to rise, not proof that you've fallen. You know, a lot of people look at their lack of progress for half of a year, you know, six months of, of a 12-month period of time, and they go, oh, my goodness, I'm so far behind. Oh, my goodness, I've got so much to do. Oh, my goodness, I wasted half a year. What am I going to do? Your perspective is going to go a long way in helping to determine what you actually accomplish in the second half of the year. Again, your perspective on the first half of the year is going to determine what you do about the second half of the year. So if you haven't made progress on your goals for 2016, see it as a challenge to rise, not proof that you've fallen. And a lot of this, you know, Napoleon Hill has a quote that is, that's pretty famous. It's from his book, Thinking Grow Rich. And this applies, no, no matter where you look at it, this quote is true. It was, it's as true today as it was in the early 1900s when he wrote this book. And Napoleon Hill said, when defeat overtakes a man, the easiest and most logical thing to do is quit. That is exactly what the majority of men do. Let me say that again. When defeat overtakes a man, the easiest and most logical thing to do is to quit. That is exactly what the majority of men do. Here's the thing. As women entrepreneurs, we do not follow the herd. We lead new movements. We, we blaze new trails. So you don't want to be doing what the majority of other people are doing when it comes to defeat. When defeat happens, remember that it's temporary. When you feel like you have a couple really great days in your business and you're revved up and you're working super hard and then life happens, a life storm hits, a family emergency, you're feeling super tired, you get the flu, something happens, and then you're not able to work on your business for two or three days. You've got to remember that in those moments when things are not going the way you want them to do, the easiest and most logical thing to do or to think about doing in those moments is to quit. That is exactly what the majority of men do. But you are not the majority of men or women entrepreneurs in this case. You're not the majority. And when you accept the fact that you were, you were destined to do this business, it is for you and exceptional is the only standard that you will accept when defeat happens, you put it in its proper perspective. It is temporary, it is instructive, and it will help propel you to the next step. Whatever is going on right now, be it temporary defeat, be it failure that feels permanent, your outlook on that defeat is everything. Because the easiest and most logical thing to do is to quit. And that is exactly what the majority of men do. So, I don't want you to pay attention to what did or didn't get done in the first half of 2016. When you look at the rest of this year, it's time for you to make an unequivocal decision, which is answering this question. What is it that you can and will achieve by December 31st, 2016? That's the only question I want you asking yourself at this point. Asking questions like, well, why didn't I get a lot done in the first six months of the year? Or why didn't I hit my goals in the first six months of the year? Or <clears throat> what held me back? You know, as a coach, we ask a lot of coaching questions like what's missing? What's holding you back? What's keeping you from moving forward? What's keeping you stuck? Those questions have a time and a place. But right now, when you're trying to decide, okay, when you're saying, I want to turn this thing around and I want to be extraordinary, in this last six months. I want to do triple what I did in the last six months that I did in the first six months. The questions you ask are pivotal to being able to do that. And so the only question I want you thinking about right now is this. What is it that you can and will achieve by December 31st? I want you to make an unequivocal decision about what those goals are going to be. And it's, it's kind of like what Tony Robbins says. You know, in so many of his his talks and his workshops, he says, listen, if you want to take the island, then burn your boats. With absolute commitment come the insights that create real victory. And he really says, listen, if you want to take the island, burn the freaking boats. Burn the boats. But if you keep saying you want to take the island, but you're keeping 25 boats in the water, guess what? 
when the storms start raging, when, you know, the weather looks awful, when you start to get scared about what is actually on the island or is not on the island, you're going to look at your 25 boats, and guess what? You're going to stay in the boat because you've got 25 other boats to choose from. You know with certainty what you're getting with the boats. You don't know what you're getting with the island. There comes a moment in your business where you have to be able to say to yourself, if I want to get to that next level in my business, in some way, shape, or form, I've got to burn the boat. That does not mean that you eliminate plans B through Z. That does not mean that you get up and you've got a day job and you quit your day job to work on a business that isn't yet replacing your day job income. That's not what that means. When, when we talk about this idea, if you want to take the island, you've got to burn the boat, perception-wise, mindset-wise, mentally-wise, you've got to decide that you are a successful woman entrepreneur, whether the tangible in your bank account results in this moment are backing up that belief or not. Remember what I said. You believe it first, then you figure out the how. You're not going to do the how first and then believe it because you'll never stay the course to figuring out the how if you don't believe that you have everything it takes to get there and you will get there. If you want to take the island, then burn your boat mentally, psychologically, your mindset. How, you, how do you see yourself in your business every single day from this moment forward? Do you see yourself as successful? Do you see yourself as exceptional? Do you see the fact that you were meant to do the work that you're doing? Do you see the fact that you are destined to transform thousands, if not millions of people's lives? Or are you kind of on the fence saying to yourself, somewhere in the back of your mind, well, I mean, people could buy from me, or maybe they won't, or maybe I'm good enough, maybe I'm not. This could work. Maybe, if you're doing all of that maybe wishy-washy, you know, on-the-fence kind of thing, there is not enough passion, there is not enough commitment, there is not even an unequivocal decision in that sentiment to get you to the next level. If you want to take the island, you've got to burn the boat, period, the end. And that means mentally, mindset-wise, psychologically, you've got to say to yourself, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. I am not stopping until I get there, no matter how long it takes. No matter how long it takes. So remember, and this is another quote from Napoleon Hill from Think and Grow Rich. He said, practical dreamers do not quit. Really get this. That means that if you have already decided that you are an exceptional woman entrepreneur, that it doesn't matter what did or didn't get accomplished in the last six months, that you are going to go through the next six months and, and really, just like Cinderella said, like I said on, on the quote from Instagram at the beginning of the hour, you're going to finish strong. You're going to give it everything you've got, and you're going to be sure that at the end of this year, you have left nothing on the table. If you're really going to do that, then you have got to decide that quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. It is not something that you're going to entertain. It's not something that you're going to do. Now, here's the real question, because for a lot of people, the issue is not, can I do it? The issue is, am I ready to go out there and do it? Am I ready to set and achieve what I really want to achieve by the end of 2016? Are you ready for it? Because you know there are lots of people who will never admit it in public, but they don't feel ready for the good that they deserve. You know, Louise Alhay once asked the question. She said, how good can you stand it? How good can you stand it? And the reason she asked that question was because she understood that underneath a lot of people's lack of accomplishment or success or achieving the life that they really want, it's not um, a tremendous amount of self-doubt about whether they can or can't do it or lack the capability to do it. A lot of people know they have the capability, they've got the capacity, and they could do it if they wanted to. That's not what holds a lot of people back. What holds a lot of people back is the fact that they don't feel ready for their good. They don't feel ready for the kind of success, the kind of joy, the kind of peace, the kind of abundance that will come from achieving their goals. So they self-sabotage because in the back of their minds they're saying, what if I'm not ready? What if I get it and can't keep it? What if I get it and then lose everything and other people watch me? What if I'm not ready? 
That what if I'm not ready question is a silent killer because a lot of women entrepreneurs are doing it and don't even know that they are. They don't even know that they're doing the I'm not ready thing because it's happening so subconsciously in the back of their mind. So one of the questions you want to ask yourself this month is, am I ready to set and achieve what I really want to achieve by the end of 2016? And say to yourself, even if you don't quite believe it in the moment, yes, I'm ready. That is a powerful affirmation to counter the stuff that might be going on in your subconscious mind. I am ready for my good. I am ready for my highest good. I am ready for my best year in business yet. I am ready for my ultimate success. To say to yourself, I am ready is a very, very powerful, powerful thing. And this goes to a point, again, that Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich, and this is what he says. He says, there is a difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. No one is ready for a thing until he believes he can acquire it. The state of mind must be belief, not mere hope or wish. Open-mindedness is essential for belief. Closed minds do not inspire faith, courage, or belief. So it's important to keep in mind that there's a huge difference between wanting a goal and being ready to receive it. And no one is ready for a thing until she believes she can acquire it. The state of mind must be belief, not mere hope or wish. So again, you want to be asking yourself, am I wishing for these goals in my business? Or do I really believe I can do it? Am I, am I wanting it? Am I hoping for it? Am I like saying a little prayer because I think it's such a long shot that I could do all the things in my business that I keep thinking I want to be doing? Or do I have a sense of certainty, a sense of faith, a sense of belief? Or am I willing to build in a sense of belief that I can and will get to where I say I want to go? Again, there's a big difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. Now, we're going to spend the next 10 to 14 minutes outlining the six steps to setting and achieving your 2016 goals. And then I'll open the floor for Q&A, and we can either brainstorm goals for 2016, you can ask me questions, you can point out things that you're thinking about for 2016, and we we can begin to work through those. But I want you to spend all of July really mapping out your remaining 2016 goals. So let's talk about them. The six steps to setting and achieving your 2016 goals. Here's step number one. Create one exact goal for the next six months. Now, this is a hard one for a lot of people. A lot of people feel like, well, I've got 50 goals that I need to accomplish in the next six weeks, let alone the next six months. There is something to be said for putting whole mind into the present action of attaining one thing. And the reasoning is all about relentless focus. Create one exact goal for the next six months. That could be a revenue goal. That could be launching a particular product or a particular online course or launching a podcast. That doesn't mean it's one tiny thing for which there are not other mini goals or sub goals underneath it. But you've got to have one thing that you can put relentless focus on that every single day when you, when you speak about that goal, you can assess based on the actions you took that day whether or not you're getting closer or farther away from the goal. So step number one is create one exact goal for the next six months. Now, keep in mind that your one definite purpose or aim, you know, it's going to have sub-goals. But what is your one big goal? And make sure that it's super specific and very clear in how you describe it. So that's step number one. Create one exact goal for the next six months. Here's step number two. Determine exactly what you will give in return for achieving your one big goal by December 31st, 2016. So a lot of people outline their goals, and they have such a great time doing it because it feels good to think about achieving what you want to achieve, right? So often you're like, I want to uh, launch an online course, and I want to earn six figures by the end of the year, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. And so you start living those desires, and you start feeling the feelings of accomplishment with, that come with those desires. But that's only really the first step. Creating your one exact goal and feeling really good about that desire is step one. The next thing you've got to do, though, 
is you've got to determine exactly what you're going to give others in return for achieving your one big goal by December 31st, meaning what are you giving them? How are you serving your tribe? What will be your personal, emotional, physical, and strategic daily, weekly, monthly investment in achieving this goal? You know, you've heard all of the quotes that say something to the effect of, if you want to be successful, just simply go out and help other people be successful. And there's absolute truth in that. If you are focused on how can I serve, what can I give, what can I offer other people on a daily basis, like literally, you may have your revenue goal up on the wall. You may know which that one big goal that you want to accomplish for the end of the year. But if you just say that to yourself once a day and then spend the rest of the day really focused on how can I give great things to my tribe, how can I serve them well, how can I help them transform their lives? How can I offer them inspiration, motivation, strategies, tips? Like what can I do to be a blessing in somebody else's life to serve them well? You will be successful. It will happen. It doesn't matter the timing of it. If you're focused on serving other people, you will build your business naturally because that's the nature of that reciprocal relationship. It's not simply about, okay, what am I here to get? It's overwhelmingly about what am I here to give of my talents, of my time, of my experiences, of my expertise. So step number two is determine exactly what you will give in return for achieving your one big goal. And be specific. Really be specific about what value you will offer to others, what value you will give them. Because that's also going to be something that bolsters you in moments of self-doubt. When you have moments where you feel like, man, maybe nobody's interested in what I sell or maybe nobody's interested in what I do, coming back to exactly what you're giving in return for that goal will remind you in those moments of self-doubt what you bring to the table and what you offer and the value that you give and bring to other people's lives. It's huge. It's important. So that's step number two. Step number three is this, identify your deadline date. So a lot of people set goals and they go, well, my goal for the year is to be happy. And you think, okay, well, um, one, that's a pretty um, general goal, so we can't really work with that because we're not specific on what happy looks like for you. But two, by when do you want to be happy? Do you want to be happy if it happens, you know, five minutes before midnight on the 31st of December? Is that enough? You want to give yourself a deadline. So step number three is identify your deadline date. What date will this goal be achieved by? What specific results do you expect to see by this date? And then you can also break it down into other smaller or closer deadlines, but you definitely want to know what your deadline date is. Here's the thing. A lot of people are afraid to set deadline dates because they're like, what if the deadline date comes and goes and I didn't achieve it? Well, um, if the deadline date comes and goes, you evaluate what happened. Again, this is this whole thing that Tony Robbins talks about when he says, be stubborn about your end goal, but flexible in your approach. The only way you can be flexible in your approach is if you're constantly evaluating whether or not your current approach is working. So on a weekly and a monthly basis, you should have a good 30 minutes, 45 minutes set aside for each week and definitely a solid hour for each month to sit down and say, okay, what strategies did I use consistently this month? Consistently being the key word. And what did that strategy produce? It worked. Did I achieve my goal for the month? If I didn't achieve my goal for the month, what strategy, um, what am I going to do differently next month? What new strategy am I going to try? But again, you need your deadline dates in order to be able to really sit down and evaluate after certain increments of time what's working, what's not working, and what needs to be done differently. So again, step number three is identify your deadline date. Step number four is create a definite plan for achieving your goal and start now. This is what I love about the goal pyramid sheet. So if you were able to download the goal pyramid sheet, even if you were not able to download it, it is a document you're going to want to use forever. I got it from Nathan Chan, uh, the CEO and creator of Founder Magazine, which is a digital magazine for online entrepreneurs. He came on Periscope one day and he talked about how he was able to build Founder Magazine, a digital magazine, from zero to high six figures in a six-month time period while he was working a day job. And so he talked about this on Periscope, and what he basically laid out was the fact that 
he um, used that goal pyramid worksheet that you got in the email, and he laid out for himself the goal, which was to, to quit his day job and to have a certain amount of money made in his business at the top within the shortest amount of time. And then below it in the pyramid, he laid out small milestones, bigger milestones to achieve, the next bigger ones. That goal pyramid sheet will help you create a definite plan because what it will do is it will allow you to really identify all of the small, medium, and large milestones that will lead you to that goal by the end of December 2016. And what I love about using the goal pyramid sheet, and I use it on a daily basis with my 2016 goals, is I know on a day-to-day basis just by evaluating and reviewing that goal pyramid worksheet, if I'm actually doing today the things that I need to be doing to get to where I want to go tomorrow. Because if I'm looking at the first layer of that pyramid, the small milestones, and if I put on it, for example, okay, I'm going to write one medium post a week. I'm going to post to Instagram three times a day. Like if those represent some of my small milestones, and I ask myself the question, okay, did I post on Instagram three times a day? Did I write one medium post this week? And I say no. Then I know that I'm not taking care of the small milestones which leads me to the medium and larger milestones, which get me to the goal. It keeps everything very concentrated and very focused, so you're not all over the map with your strategies, but you're also able to easily and quickly evaluate on any given day whether or not you are doing what it takes to move closer to that goal that you set for the end of the year. So again, goal pyramid, majorly important. Tony Robbins says, never leave the site of a goal without taking action. One of the things you want to do this week, for sure, because July will be here and gone before you know it. Fill out that goal pyramid worksheet for your 2016 goal and just review it every single day just to keep yourself on pace with where you want to be. And the question that you want to ask yourself, and it's one of the things that you really want to think about is, you know, you want to be sure that even after listening to this call, if you're listening to the recording, if you're on live and you're listening to it now, one of the questions I would love for you to ask yourself is going to be this. What is one simple strategic action that you're going to take tonight as soon as you get off the call or as soon as you're done listening to the recording? What is an action, simple strategic action you're going to take? And go take it. Like do not get off this call and then go watch TV or go do something else. You know what your 2016 goals are. You know how important they are to you. While we're still on the call, while you're listening to this recording, I want you to think what is one simple strategic action that I could take right now as soon as I finish listening to this that will get me one step closer to where I want to be by the end of 2016 and take that step. So that's step number four, create a definite plan. Step number five is this, write your 2016 purpose statement. So you want to write out kind of like a mission statement, um, shorter than a 60-second elevator pitch, but it really is a short statement, and mine is about I think, five to six sentences, which is like a big paragraph. But it could be even shorter than that. You want to write out a clear, concise purpose statement that outlines your definite goal, the deadline for achieving it, what you're going to give or invest in order to attain the goal, and a clear description of the plan through which you attend to attain the goal by December 31st, 2016. So essentially in step five, you combine all of the information that you generated from steps one through four, and you put it in a concise purpose statement. Again, my purpose statement is about five to six sentences long. So it's kind of concise, but not that concise. You can make the purpose statement uh, very short. You can make it you know, medium short. You can make it a little longer, whatever you feel most comfortable with. But again, the goal for you is to read that purpose statement every morning and every night until you've got it memorized. And if you do it every morning, every night, you'll get it memorized quickly. So step number five is to write your 2016 purpose statement. Step number six, and that's the sixth and final step, is read that purpose statement out loud twice a day. When you wake up, as soon as you wake up, and right before you go to bed. And here's the key to this. Lots of people write purpose statements or visions or things, and they read them every day, and they never come true. And they go, well, I read that affirmation every day for 30 years and it never happened. What happened? It's not enough to just read it. When you read this purpose statement, you need to feel it. It's kind of what Daniela Port talks about in her book, The Desire Map. It's not simply about what you say. It's about how you feel when you say it. It's about what you believe as you're saying it. So it's not just, 
I get in this habit of reading it every morning, every night. It's when I read it, I feel myself accomplishing it. I see myself accomplishing it. I feel the feelings of victory and joy and abundance that I know I'm going to feel when I actually possess that goal or I've achieved that dream. So it's not just reading it. Step number six is read your purpose statement out loud twice a day, as soon as you get up, right before you go to bed, and you want to build in faith by how you feel when you read it, visualizing yourself achieving it. You want to have faith and you want to take action. So have faith and act. So again, those are the six steps. And I'm just going to review them real quick, and then we'll talk about a couple more things and go into Q&A. So again, six steps to setting and achieving your 2016 goals. Step number one, create one exact goal for the next six months. Again, you might have sub-goals, but create one big goal for which you might have sub-goals under, one goal. Step number two, determine exactly what you're going to give in return for achieving your one big goal by December 31st. So how will you serve? How will you give? What value will you offer? What will you help people transform in their lives? What's the transformation that you bring to other people's lives? Step number three, identify your deadline date. What is the date by which you will have this goal achieved? And what specific results do you expect to see by that date? Step number four, create a definite plan for achieving your goal and start now. Step number five, write your 2016 purpose statement. Again, it's got to be a clear concise purpose statement that outlines your definite goal, the deadlines for achieving it, what you'll give or invest in order to attain the goal, and a clear description of the plan through which you intend to attain the goal by December 31st. And step number six, read your purpose statement out loud twice a day, as soon as you get up in the morning and right before you go to bed in the evening. And again, it's not just reading it. It's reading it, feeling the desire of it, feeling the sense of accomplishment with it, seeing yourself, visualizing yourself, achieving it, and then seeing it, believing it, have faith, and then taking action. Those are the six steps to realizing your 2016 goals by December 31st. Now, again, the key thing about all of this is that what what makes setting goals powerful is not that you're telling the world what you're doing, and it's not that you're proving something to somebody else. It's that you're making a commitment to you. That's where all the power gets lost or gained in setting goals for yourself. Because when you don't hit your goals, you're breaking a commitment to the most important person in your life, you. When you achieve goals, you're fulfilling the commitment to the most important person in your life, you. So your commitment to you is sacred and important. And so a lot of people get scared about making goals after they've had experienced a season of failure because they go, I keep breaking my word to myself. Here's the thing. This is a new day. This is a new moment. This is a new time. You can begin today to say to yourself, when I make a commitment to me, I keep it. When I commit to myself that I'm going to see this through, I see it through. When I say to myself, we're going to accomplish this goal, doesn't matter how long it takes. I don't quit. I persist. I stay the course. I get there. You can decide in this moment that you're somebody different than you've ever been before, that you're more you than you've ever been, and that you're reclaiming the power that you've lost along the way. And so the question I want you to think about this week and this month is this, what will you commit to accomplishing this month for you? What is the commitment with this, with planning out your 2016 goals, the remainder of your goals, what will you commit to accomplishing in this month And in this year, and in the the remaining six months of 2016, what is the commitment that you are going to make to you? Because, again, that's what this all boils down to. This is not about uh, what other people think of you, because, honestly, what they think is none of your business. It's not about proving yourself to other people, because, frankly, everybody's up in their own business doing their own thing. You may think they're waiting for you to prove them wrong or something like that. They're too busy in their own stuff to be worried about you. This has nothing to do with anyone else. This has to do with what you were called here to do, what you were put on this earth to do, the people you were meant to touch, the lives you were meant to change, and the ways in which you were meant to do that through your business. That's what this is about. How can you serve? How can you lead? 
how can you transform and how can you help other people to see that they can do that as well? That's what this is about. So ask yourself the question, what, is, what am I committing to do in my business by the end of this year and what is the commitment that I'm making to myself? That's where all the power is because when you decide that you keep your commitments to you, things start to change. Life starts to look different. You start to make stuff happen. What commitment are you going to make to you today, tonight, the rest of this year? That's the question. So that was our first Take Action Tuesday call. I do want to open up the floor. You can come off of mute if you want to, if you've got a question, if you've got something you'd like to share about maybe your, your goals so far in 2016 and, and what you hope to accomplish in the rest of 2016. Um, if, you've got, if there are things you want to talk about offline, you can always send me a message in the uh, Take Action Tuesday private group. But I'm going to go silent for about, uh, I don't know, until somebody starts talking. And uh, what would you like to share? What questions do you have about this month's topic? And I never mind silence. As a coach, one of the, the hardest uh, coaching skills for a lot of people to learn is, um, is being in the silence. And I'm a person who does not mind the silence. So uh, we'll spend a, a minute or so in silence just to see if anybody has a question or a comment or feedback. Hi, Cassandra. Hey, what's going on? Um, since nobody else is going, this is Tanya, and I have a question. Awesome. Um, what if you have more than one goal going on at once? Mm. It, and it's hard to choose just one goal. Like, one could be, you know, wanting to get fit. One could be, you know, a new business and another side business. Like, how do you choose which one goal So that, that's a really great question. I, I like to, so I like to storyboard multiple goals. So what I would recommend is you pull out a big sheet of paper. The bigger, the better. Get colored pencils, markers, crayons, anything that feels creative. And I would timeline out your life, meaning if you could, if you could write the story of what got you from where you are right now to where you ultimately want to be, where would each of those goals fit on the timeline? And which would have to come before the other? Because typically what you're going to find when you start to timeline it out on a piece, big piece of paper, you're going to see that certain goals needed to come before other ones in order to get to where you ultimately see yourself. So when you have all these like 10 goals, you say to yourself, well, well what, if I were designing my life, if I were telling the story of my life from here to up there, what would be first, second, third, fourth? What sequence would it go in? What order would it go in? And then you play with that order. You try to put them in different places and see if they fit. And eventually you're going to feel which order feels right to you. Like intuitively you're going to know. And then you're going to go, oh, if I'm really looking at this, I've got to do that first before I can get to the next one. For some people it might be I've got to get totally fit. I've got to have all my energy before I you know, pursue this project or this business, for others, it might be, no, i got to get financially straightened out before I can even be in a place to think about going to the gym seven days a week. It's going to be different for everybody, but rather than just thinking about your goals like, man, I've got these 10 goals and I don't know what to do first, put them on paper, mess with the timeline, play with the timeline, and eventually when you have multiple versions of them, you will feel which one is the right way to proceed for you. Okay. Yeah. Does that make does does that make sense in terms of putting it on paper? Yeah, I like the visual aspect of it and the different colors. Uh, um, and that totally makes sense if it's in the same category of my life with the you know career that sort of thing, like one before the other. Um, but I'm thinking that probably me with the um, health and fitness that's going to have to happen now. But I can't wait for that to happen before I do the business part, you know what I mean? So I have to do that alongside. So can I do like 
you know, my health goal at the same time as, like, you know, one of my career goals. Absolutely. And when you think about goals, too, you look at it as in being in different quadrants. So career business is one quadrant. Health fitness is one qu- quadrant. Relationships is another quadrant. And then typically the fourth quadrant that we talk about in goals is um, spirituality. So, but the thing you want to pay attention to is, like, let's say you say to yourself, I want, four, I want a goal in each area. So one big goal in each of those areas. What you do want to be paying attention to is the harmony piece. So if I'm going to go intensely on my business this year, and it's a brand new business, and that's my baby for this year, what level of exercise and what level of nutrition am I going to need to incorporate into my life that still allows me to build that business to the level that I want to build it to? Or am I going to say, I'm going to build my business while I work on my fitness, but because my fitness is number one, I'm going to be super intense on the fitness and nutrition, like 70%, and I'm going to give 30% to the business. You want to play with those ratios to see what's going to give you harmony, not balance, harmony. And when we think about harmony, you have an orchestra, and nobody's ever saying, well, man, why is the cello playing 70% of the time and the flute is only playing 10%? No, they're at different intensities and different proportions, at different points of a piece, but it all comes together to create that harmony in that particular piece of music. And you want to look at your goals in the same way. You want to look for intensity and amount and proportion, but what you want to highly avoid is going, well, I'm going to go, and, I've, and I say highly avoid it because I've done it. You, you want to avoid going, I'm going to go 100% here and 100% there and 100%. Eventually, you're going to burn out. Eventually, mm-hmm. something's going to give. So the question is, how do you play with your proportions and your percentages and your intensity level so it gives you all of the things you want? And one of the most powerful questions that I found that helped me figure out intensity and proportion has been this. How can I have both? It's a question mm-hmm. we don't ask very often. The moment you start to feel like you've got to pick one or the other, you start to say to yourself, how can I have both, my exercise and my fitness and getting my body to where I want it to be and my business? And you sit with that question until you start to get the answers. And you will eventually get answers that show you how you can have both. Maybe not at the intensity of both that you might want, but at a, an intensity of each that gives you harmony. Mm-hmm. So when you think about your goals for your fitness and you think about your goals for your business, how can you have both? Uh, should I answer that right now? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. How, think about it. Um, be the well, I, I, answer, I, can both. I, I was just actually thinking about the quadrants. There's four there, right? The, yep. the business career, health, um, social, and spiritual, is that right? Yep, those are the four quadrants right there. So what's interesting is right now, like, I put social and, actually, social is very much on the back burner right now. That's not my priority, so I'm not putting a lot of effort into that so that I, you know, put more time. So majority of my time is going into business, and I'm now sharing that time with fitness because last several weeks, it was like all business. And my health was starting to suffer. So um, so now I have to, like, figure out that what you're talking about with the percentages and stuff. So um, so I would say I would say the, the 70-30 sounds about right. Because if I don't have my health in line, I can't do my business. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then the spirituality is kind of, it doesn't, that doesn't take a big percentage. That's just kind of part of my health in a sense, because that's part of, like, me meditating and stuff in the morning. So, anyway, um, did I answer your question? You, you did, and, and, and here's the thing. You also, you also brought up some great examples of how you actually are achieving both, because if you think about it, let's say you decide you go on a, you go on a walking meditation in the morning on the beach every morning. So right. you're getting the spirituality quadrant because you're meditating, but you're also walking, and it's a walking meditation. You're getting the fitness part of it. So looking, or if you're at the gym and you're running on the treadmill or you're lifting weights and you're listening to an entrepreneurship podcast. So you're getting both. You're working out, mm. but then you're educating yourself by listening to a podcast. 
Right. So, mm-hmm. so you want to look for those opportunities where you can say, how can I both? Even the social piece. You might meet up with somebody who is a fellow entrepreneur and you're having lunch discussing business, but that's also social. You're also getting yeah. part of that social thing too. Yeah, actually my social has been part of work, so it's been a nice combination so I don't feel deprived of, awesome. of the social aspect being that like all the entrepreneurs I'm meeting um, – we're talking business, but we're also getting to know each other as friends. So that has been um, a great thing for the social aspect. So, And then, like, I'm going to be going to a meetup that's all entrepreneurs. So it's social, but it's also still kind of work-related. Which is, a, which is just demonstrating for everybody who's going to listen to the recording and stuff how you're doing both. Like, it's possible mm-hmm. to have both. It's possible to you know, work out and listen to a podcast. It's possible to go to a, a meetup and it's, yes, it's social, but it's also entrepreneurship. It's possible to have friends who are also entrepreneurs who you also talk business with. So you're, you're finding these ways to do both. Yeah, and it's, since, since you're using me as an example, if other listeners get something out of this, I'll just say too that um, I've been finding, I, I love to play racquetball by myself because <laughs> it's hard to find people to play with, and I just kind of want to, you know, rally the ball. I'm not really all about the competition part. And what's good about that that I realized is it gives me a lot of time to think. Even though I'm jamming music in my ear, I could either, like, concentrate on the music and sing to it, or I could have that playing in the background for the beat to keep me going, and I start thinking about other stuff. So in a sense, I'm, it's, it's very meditative for me because I'm, I'm being active at the same time, but I'm uh, fleshing out thoughts in a sense, like kind of like a, a journal in my head, <laughs> kind of just flushing through um, things in my head. And, uh, and I found that to be really helpful. And then when I go to the weight section, I don't do music, I do podcasts, so the, like the entrepreneur ones and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I think like what you're saying with like running or something or hiking, that's either, either like, yeah, listening to a podcast that you can learn from or... Um, or use that as like a meditation thing to like go over gratitude or other things that you want to focus on. Absolutely. And I think the, the key thing about it too um, that, that you point out is, is just finding ways like some of your best ideas. And this is, okay, something you said just reminded me of this. It's not an either or thing. I think a lot of the time, especially as we're entrepreneurs, we look at it like, man, if I'm going to get my body into my best shape ever, and I've thought this way, I'm not going to be able to really go full throttle my business. And there's something logistically that you have to consider. That's why I said look at intensity and proportion and time and stuff like this. But some of my best ideas for the podcast, some of my best ideas for eBooks, came while I was lifting weights at the gym. I mm. wouldn't have gotten those ideas if I wasn't at the gym lifting weights. So part of it is we have to start to look at things like fitness, health, meditation. They're not just simply things other than what we do in our business. They help build our business. They're really mm-hmm. important on a number of levels to the success of a business. Mm-hmm. So it's a part of the business, whether we look at racquetball or lifting weights, some of our best ideas are going to come when we're playing racquetball solo or when we're lifting weights or when we're, you know, even in the shower after the gym or eating lunch. Those ideas are going to come because we did the self-care we did the part of really taking time to be with ourselves and give back to ourselves, and then we're full enough on the inside to, for those ideas to germinate and to generate. So now we can apply them in our business. So I think it's a really right. cool point that you bring up about the ideas coming because you get that time doing racquetball and weights. And actually, that's a good motivator to work out. <laughs> it is. It's like, it's like oh, I'm going to get some good ideas when I sweat it out. And, and think about, you know think about things and like let it flush through your head. And it's kind of like when you want to sleep on it, it kind of, you know, that kind of concept where you just kind of need some time to flush through the ideas. Well, although, although when you're sleeping, you're not awake thinking about it, but you know, um, but I agree. I, I've had some interesting um, ideas and, and going through things in my head now that I am starting to do that. So yeah, I, um, Hopefully, um, some of the other listeners will get something out of that, too. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, this, the final point that I'm going to make before we end the call, and just think, I'm just thankful for everybody who's on the call, who's listening to the recording. You know, it, 
don't worry about how you started 2016. I think a lot of us have, um, you know, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. A lot of us have this perfectionist thing where we're like, well, man, if I didn't do it right the first six months, then like, what's the point now? You have six months to really deliver exceptional quality, massive action to whatever your dream is, to whatever your goals are. And there's a lot that can be done in six months. People, so much can change in a day, let alone six months. So if nothing else, just remember, it's never about how you start. It's always about how you finish. And be sure to listen to this recording whenever you need that extra reminder and that boost about just focus on the now and get there and believe that you can and go after it. It's not about where you started. It is about where you finish, and you get to decide that from here. Thank you, everybody. I will catch you on the first Tuesday of next month for Take Action Tuesday. Talk to you later.